Recorded live at the Hawk's Nest on the summit in Pataskala, Ohio. This is Garage Days, underproduced and over the top. I'm your host, Arch Madness. This episode is going to be the Picktown Palooza recap. Picktown Palooza, it's a three-day celebration in Pickerington, Ohio. You might remember that we had Chris Stein on the show to give us a preview. They've got a 90s night, a country night. And then rock fans gather on that Saturday to enjoy some live tunage. This year on Saturday, July 17th, the co-headliners were Firehouse and Jack Russell's Great White. Uh, Before those bands, this was funny, before those bands uh, took the stage on that Saturday, myself and QFM's Dorsey, we set up shop, guess where? Yep, in the beer tent. And we previewed the night's festivities. We also brought back the Gimme Five segment and we gave our top five unplugged. The MTV Unplugged, those top five performances, in our opinions, and stopping by and saying hi were Green 13's Anthony Clay, Blue Jackets in Arena announcer Mike Todd, and the lovely and talented Christy Kemper from QFM 96. I'll reference it in the beer tent, but, I mean, I had to cut out and make a 13-hour drive to Florida later that night. So uh, we'll check back in with Mike Dorsey on this episode and get his review of Jack Russell's Great White. I mean, I'm telling you, not drinking and leaving early, was one of the toughest things I've had to do as an adult. <laughs> this, is a, this is the truth. So here it is, the Picktown Palooza recap. Enjoy. Arch Madness and Dorsey at Picktown Palooza 2021. We're in the, we're in the, is this a beer tent? You're all right, Doris, let it happen. Now this is the beer tent. This is the beer tent. So people, yeah, dude, what's up? So people are just going to be walking by and yelling at us periodically here. So anyway. It's going to be fun, Doris. You excited? Yeah, man. I've been out here for a little bit, uh, just getting ready for all the, the great rock and roll coming up, and uh, I think we got a great topic to discuss here. We do. The Gimme Five is going to be awesome. Uh, we just uh, saw Rumspringa, and we're hip to Rumspringa. They've been in the uh, QFM 96 house band competition. Uh, there was a Rush cover band beforehand. Now we've got, uh, who's coming up next? Cream Camino. Cream Camino. And then we've got Firehouse and Jack Russell's Great White. So this should be a lot of fun tonight, man. Looking forward to Picktown Palooza 2021. Uh, this episode's Gimme Five, your top five favorite moments from MTV's Unplugged. And the reason we're going to do that, Doris, is because it was a couple episodes ago when I had Jack Russell and Robbie Lochner on the show. And I made mention that really one of my favorite moments on the MTV Unplugged was when Great White, when Jack, it was his vocal performance of Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You. And it was one of the, it's one of my, it is my all-time favorite. That's my number one. So just a little look behind the curtain there. So, well, it really is. It's one of the great performances for sure in MTV Unplugged history. And, you know, you hit me to that. And when you listen to it, it is very, very hard to discern between that version and the original Led Zeppelin version. It's crazy to say that. It's sacrilege to say that, but it's true, man. It is spot on. Jack Russell, he he really appreciates it. And the same as when you get, like, Ann Wilson. You know what I mean? It's the same kind of appreciation for Zeppelin. So everybody loves Zeppelin. So whether it's Greta Van Fleet, Kingdom Come, Great White, whatever, dude. It's Everybody loves them. But not Zeppelin. everyone can sing Zeppelin. No, no. That's and Jack Russell can. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point, man. So what are you most excited? Let's, let's talk a little more Picktown Palooza. I see Anthony Clay over there, who was uh, one of my most recent guests on, uh, on Garage Days. And we, I'd love to talk to him here real quick. We're going to have people just stopping by. Anthony, get, get your butt over here. Get your butt over here. Anthony Clay, Green 13. There you go, man. Have a seat. The mic's, going, let me get this mic on. 
Brother, thank you so guys? good. It's great to see you, man. Yeah, uh, you too. Welcome to Picktown Palooza and Thanks. and the reception of your appearance in the Hawks Nest has just been it's been incredible, man. Uh, I, I, people I, people come up to me and said, "Dude, that was really amazing." Uh, I'm glad, man. That's great, dude. So, I had such a good time there. I'm, I'm really serious. I had such a great time. And and Flight Pattern Bob is so excited that you have <laughs> written a theme song for him. So. Yes. Did you see his? Uh, did you show it to him? Oh, I oh to? I got he's he's got it on his phone now. Oh, I think it's his right, ringtone. Oh, there we go. There we go. I think it's his ringtone. <laughs> well, listen, brother, you enjoy yourself. Green Thirteen, man. You guys had a gig last night. I saw. Oh, right. Yes, I heard it was, it was awesome. Oh, it was a blast. We had to play inside because we were scared about the rain, but it was great, man. Good deal. Great. Anthony Clay, thank you so much, man. Don't be a stranger. Hey, there he is. So Wasn't that? Nice. That was awesome. Who else we got? Mike Todd. People are going to, this is like, uh, this is like being at the Grammys. This is like being at the Grammys. Yeah, we're like man. on Radio Row. We're, we're on just going to grab Row. them as they come through. So, the, you know. So see, Anthony, there's a lot more drinking here than there is. Mike Todd, he's getting some drink oh, tickets there. There he is. Mike Todd, the uh, in arena announcer. No, I'm good for your Columbus Blue Jackets. We're going to talk to him here in just a second. Man doors. I got a feeling where he's going to go with his unplugged with the uh, Kiss shirt that he's wearing. I, yeah, that's. I think he's kind of playing his hand there just a little bit. The wind is uh, has picked up here at uh, in Pickerington. No, I know I'm good. Okay, he's getting he's got Dorsey. me. He's, got he's me. getting Dorsey up here. You gonna hop in with us here right now? Let's get into this. So our gimme five on this episode is your top five favorite moments from MTV's Unplugged. Mike Todd, how the heck are you, my man? How are you, brother? Good to see you, my friend. Good to be in a freaking concert area again, right? No kidding, man. No kidding. This is, uh, it's really starting to pick up. But you got a great double bill here tonight with Firehouse and Jack Russell's Great White. So you got to be excited. You're rocking your Kiss shirt. Right on, man. So let's talk here. All right. And Dorsey and I haven't even given our top five moments, but I would love to know some of your favorite moments from the MTV Unplugged show. Okay, so just off the top of my head, all right, so number five is going to be a, a, a little a little off the board. I'm going George Michael. Okay, oh. nothing wrong with that. I'm going George Michael when he did Freedom 90, um, and you could tell what an amazing vocalist he was. And, and to this day, I still remember when he sang at the Freddie Mercury tribute in Wembley and did Somebody to Love with Queen. I was like, yes, holy smoke. I have always thought, you know, and everything with the Adam Lambert, and I know Paul Rogers did some stuff with him, but yeah. I've always thought that the George Michael stuff would have, that would have, that really worked. Okay, so, really so, so another one for me is the Smithereens. Okay. Uh, that, I, th I want to say it was during the first season. Uh, that's when the Smithereens album 11 was a, was a big hit. Oh, great, great and they album. And did, uh, they did A Girl Like You acoustic. That was incredible. Number, th uh, number three for me is Because the Night... 10,000 Maniacs cover of the Bruce Springsteen song. Oh, we're clear. We're clear. No one's. We're, it's not. None of ours are going to be on this one, Doris. You and you are digging deep, brother. <laughs> I'm a deep tracks kind of guy. I know you are, man. All right. So, the next one for me is Gray White. Yeah. Babe, I'm going to leave you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then number one for me, I'm rocking the T-shirt today. There it is. There it is. Is Kiss, unplugged. Just that whole, the whole program, but the whole album. The and like I said, I said earlier, I'm a deep cut guy. A lot of Kiss deep cuts on that show. Yeah. Uh, you know, stuff like 2000 Man, which is the cover of the Stones song. And things like Nothing to Lose and Going Blind. Right? Oh, well, right? let's talk about that, right? Let's get into the Kiss because here's the thing. So many of the older classic rock artists, if you will, right. got into the MTV Unplugged because they saw it as an opportunity to spark their career, okay? 
And you know, Kiss came into that, and that was a really weird time for Kiss. And it was on the heels of that, bringing Ace and Peter back, that got the reunion tour oh, going. Oh, absolutely, man. Was, well, you guys, I'm assuming you guys saw the documentary on, on oh, A&E. Oh, yeah, on A&E. What'd you and, think? And that was it. But I, you know, I thought it was yeah, that it was well done. I would have liked to have had some more recent interviews with Ace and Peter, but obviously, you know, they didn't feel like participating in it for whatever reason. I didn't really know they drank that much, Mike. Which <laughs> <laughs> it's, was, uh, it's I, learned, I learned a lot. To, and also, I'm not sure if you're aware, Paul paints, by the way, also. Does he, does he paint? <laughs> Paul paints, and apparently Gene is a bit of an entrepreneur. Okay, all right. So just some he fun facts there for... Loves money. He loves money. He loves our money. <laughs> My friend, the answer to all of your questions <laughs> is money. <laughs> Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. I thought it was... lying to you. You know, and I was a little worried about that second part when they started covering the 80s and stuff, but they, I thought they did a decent job of it and they look man as much of an ace guy as i am uh, like paul said and i truly believe this i think the best quote out of that whole program and it's and you know he said it in his book too that we wouldn't be where we are right now without ace and peter absolutely and we wouldn't be where we are right now with ace and peter no so it, Ab- it makes sense and bruce kulik doesn't get the props that i think he deserves such a great freaking guitar player yes and eric carr one of the best drummers from that era I agree. Yeah, I without agree. a doubt. Mike Todd, thank you so much. Are we going to sniff the playoffs? Let's hold off on that for right <laughs> now. Let's take baby steps. Let's let's get back. Let's get everybody back into the I arena. You. I got you. I got you. Right on. Right on. Right on. I get you. I get you. Mike Todd, it was great seeing you, brother. Good seeing you, brother. I love your list. And the smithereens. Totally forgot about that. And I love that 11 record. It was classic. A, it was a great Absolute record. Classic. Mike Todd from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Rock on. Thank you, brother. There we go. So, Doris, you want to go? You want to just kind of shoot back and forth? Thank you, Mike. Yeah. You want to just kind of go back and forth, man? When we start at number five. Well, can I can I start with my honorable mentions? Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, you can do honorable mentions. I have a few honorable mentions. Obviously, Kiss on that list for my honorable mentions. Yeah. But number number two on my honorable mention list. This is going to surprise you because if anyone's listened to your podcast before, they're very familiar with the fact that Pearl Jam is my favorite band. They're an honorable mention. Yeah, Kiss they is don't, an honorable mention on they mine. Don't, they don't make my top five of all-time MTV Unplugged performances. And I'll tell you why. I, I thought about it a little bit last night. Their performance was good, but their performance was missing something. And I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was. It was a good performance, but then I really thought about it. So Pearl Jam's performance when they did Unplugged, I almost feel like it was missing the impending doom that Alice in Chains and Nirvana had with Kurt Cobain and Lane Staley. I mean, you really felt during that time period with those two bands that those two guys were like, you just didn't know. You didn't know where they were. Well, I think Pearl Jam also, from what I can gather, they wish they would have went the route that uh, Nirvana did, did more of the cover songs and had some more fun with it. I think, you know what I mean? I think they kind of saw what Nirvana did, you know, post their version uh, of Unplugged, and I think they wish they could have kind of changed it a little bit. But I, I, don't, I don't know. And it, it, was very, it was very early in Pearl Jam's career as a band when they did their Unplugged. You know, like if they would have had a chance to do their Unplugged years later, Think of all the songs that they would have had as part of their... We've got it off our chest, all right? You don't have Pearl Jam in your top five, and I don't have Kiss in my top five. We've uh, we've pretty much... So there we go. I think we've cleared the air as far as that goes. What's your number five, my man? Number five for me is Stone Temple Pilots Plush, okay? So the Stone Temple Pilots Unplugged, it's a very cool visual thing to see Scott Weiland sitting in a rocking chair singing, right? But the thing I love about it the most when you go back and watch that video 
is we're talking about a healthy, strong Scott Weiland. We're talking about STP kind of at their, their, the beginning yeah. of their prime, I would say. And what an amazing, cool performance by, and you say this all the time, we've never done it because you, you keep threatening for us to have an episode where we try to debate the top frontmen of the grunge scene. Yeah. And, and Scott is always up there at the very top. For both of us. Yeah, and I, I don't think I'd argue with you and you know what? I was reading, doing my homework a little bit last night. I thought this was a pretty cool quote. I was reading, and it was Rolling Stone was ranking their top, you know, unplugged performances. They called Scott Weiland the David Bowie of the grunge scene. And I thought that was really interesting. I thought that was kind of a cool, cool, cool moniker because they're right. He was such a chameleon and, and was such, they, they, you know, they called him like a beatnik with his writing and his vocal styles. But, you know, that performance was really cool to, to go back and watch it and see STP because I'd seen him years later and you know Scott obviously physically changed his voice kind of changed a little bit with the effects from the yeah. drug use you know but he there in the beginning was when he was really really there at the peak uh, number five for me would be Stevie Ray Vaughan 1990 Pride and Joy and if, and I always dug how they paired some of these artists together now he was on that 1990 episode it was him and Joe Satriani which I'm going to refer later on in my list about the way uh, a matchup had happened on that show as well. But Stevie Ray Vaughan, not too long after that, uh, we lost him. And just to hear Stevie in that setting, you don't need much more than just a guitar. He's kind of like Anthony Clay. All you need is all you need is a guitar and a microphone, my man. So Stevie Ray Vaughan is my number five. What do you got? All right, number four. And, they, and again, uh, it's really interesting, you know, for people who've listened to the podcast before, I'm a little younger. So for me, what I experienced, I experienced many of the, the grunge era unplugged. So I had to go back and really educate myself on the earlier stuff. But man, number four, and you'll see as I go through on the list and explain myself, but it's Babe, I'm going to leave you. You hit me to that, and you're like, man, that is a powerful, powerful performance from an amazing vocalist because, dude there's not many people like we just said that that can really nail Robert Plant and it was just amazing from start to finish and, and you know when we were listening to it yesterday we actually played it on air you even mentioned you're like look and the guitar player's no slouch either no Mark, you know no, I mean? Mark Kendall absolutely not man not, not absolutely not uh, number four for me Allison Chains down in a hole that was from 96 uh, that one's special to me because of and I'm going to refer again to uh having a couple different people together in one time. I think of David Lee Roth and I think of Michael Anthony as far as the harmonies. And, and, and I think that was as important to the Brown sound as anything. Lane Staley and Jerry Cantrell, their voices together, it just, it, there, was, there, was a, there was nothing else in the grunge movement. There wasn't two singers in a band that molded and sounded like that. I mean, it's a signature sound. And you and I have discussed this before, Dorsey. They don't need anybody. If, if Lane is not in the band, you didn't need to add anything, Jerry. Jerry, you were just fine on your own, man. You did not need that. And just and look, beautiful and voice. But I'm, not, I'm not taking anything away from anything they've done since Lane's been gone. But for me personally, I'm, I've always said this. I really wish Jerry Cantrell just would have fronted the band. He's very capable of it. His yeah. solo records are amazing. 
I like agree. Boggy Boggy Depot is one of my favorites, man. You know, he's getting ready to put out another solo record, and I told you that Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses is going to be playing bass nice. on it, so I'm nice. sure that's going to be amazing. But it's really not necessary to have the William Duvall, but I understand why he did it, because I think he really felt like he needed somebody to carry those harmonies gotcha. when he does do the chain Gotcha. Song. Yeah, man. It makes sense. What's your number three, Doris? Well, this is a perfect segue, because my number three is down in the hole, right? Right on. So again, when doing my homework, looking back, you know, believe it or not, it had been two and a half years since Alice and Chains were even on stage together before they did this unplugged. I mean, with, with Lane's drug addiction, heroin problem, they didn't do anything to promote their self-titled Alice in Chains record until this unplugged when they got back together. And the thing that's, you know, it's one of those things, I, and this is kind of a precursor to getting towards my number one, but somebody who was struggling so hard and dealing with this, I mean, to the impending doom that I yeah, talked man. about. Well, this, this was a really, to, to be in such a situation and still put on such a phenomenal, this, this for me, this performance is, is yeah. rock and well, roll history. You say impending doom, that's a, that's a Tuesday in the 90s in Seattle. Unfortunately, Dorsey. you're right, it is. I, 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 that's just kind of, that's how they roll. So I actually had to go back and, and read my Alice in Chains biography because I really thought that it was this point in time when, when Lane was really reeling, he had a, a girlfriend named Demry that it was actually his fiance, and they both were had heavy drug addiction. Yeah. So I kind of thought that maybe she had passed away before this because they really said that when she passed, once she passed, that was it for Lane. He threw the towel in. You know, but believe it or not, this performance happened a little bit before that, and it was a few months later. So this performance took place in April, and she passed away in October. And that October was really when Lane threw the towel it in. came off the rails. And so, you know, this again, going back to the Rolling Stones stuff, they talked about how Alice in Chains, they did tour with Kiss on the reunion tour. They opened. But they, again, I agree with them. They said this truly was their last great moment with Lane Stanley. And, and Jerry Cantrell had some, he ate some a, some bad hot dogs yes, or bad something. Bad hot dogs. He had, he had food poisoning for that show. So and you could he, never tell, man. You, know, you could L never Lane tell. Lane is strung out and performing better than Jerry because Jerry ate some bad hot dogs. Some bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number three for me, Nirvana, Penny Royalty, 1993. Uh, just, we all know how just legendary and iconic that was. And let me tell you this, Dorsey, that is, that's, uh, that's not my favorite Nirvana song, but it is my second favorite Nirvana song of all time. Number one is actually uh, Serve the Servants, but uh, uh, Penny Royalty, that version, it just, you could feel the impending doom as Dorsey's talking about, and you can really hear it, especially with the lyrics in that song, Penny Royalty. And let me also throw this out, Dorsey, do you know? And this will be my, this year in September, it'll be my 25th wedding anniversary. That was the first gift that my wife, at the time, my girlfriend, gave me in, uh, in college. It was our first gift. She really? gave me uh, Nirvana Unplugged. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. We just, then we drank a, a, a case of uh, Bush Light and played uh, volleyball on the Nintendo and, and jammed on that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So very number, 90s. Very yeah. 90s. <laughs> number three, Nirvana Penny Royalty. And once again, that was from 1993. What's your number two, Doors? So number two very easily could have been my number one. It was a very thin margin. Tears in Heaven, Eric Clapton. Uh, you want to talk about a powerful, powerful performance by a rock and roll legend. Of course, you know, the whole story about he wrote this song for his son who yeah. passed away. 
I mean, I don't know very many people that can sit through and listen to that song without getting emotional. And and also from that, and Tears in Heaven was so huge. But remember when they did Layla? Layla, yes. That took off and became a, a secondary. That almost was as popular. And I I don't have the the charts in front of me, but I, from a guy listening to the radio, that got played a lot, almost as much as the original. It's crazy to think, but that's how popular MTV Unplugged was. And and Clapton really, to my knowledge, he was one of the first ones that really started it. So when he did it, that's when Rod Stewart, and that's when Kiss, and that's when everyone else was like, wow, man, this yes. really jump-started Clapton. And, and Rod had some hits off of that, too, and, and springboarded some stuff as well. Uh, number two for me, Tesla, Paradise, 1990. My all-time favorite Tesla song. Uh, now, you got to remember this, and I kind of referenced this earlier. The pair, you want to talk about Tesla, and we know how popular Tesla is, and I tell you this all the time. I think radio has turned its back on Tesla. This was, it was them and the Black Crows, okay? It wasn't them and Trickster. It wasn't them and, and you know, just insert hairband. I'm telling you, Tesla was the real deal Holyfield, and to see, and I, look, I will support Tesla in whatever they do. I will support Tommy Skio, and I've proven that in whatever he does. But to see Tommy Skio and Frank Hannon, I rewatched that video. That was a combo, Dorsey, on guitar that I just, I don't think there was a better combo with the axe than those two right there. And, it's, and in that song, my God, they just, they just tore it up. And you put Brian Weed on the piano and Jeff Keith. It was, it was absolutely just an amazing performance. And Tesla, if you remember, then they ended up doing the five-man acoustical jam and did signs and all that and had hits with that. So what's your number one? I know we're getting ready to have a, a band show up here and, and get ready to start playing. Again, so it was your a, number one. It was a thin margin between Eric Clapton's Unplugged and uh, Tears in Heaven. But, but this one for me and, and just my whole era, my love of the Seattle grunge scene, uh, Nirvana, Where Did You Sleep Last Night? Or, you know, oh, Lead Bellies yeah. in the Pines. I mean, I'm telling you, at the end of that song, that wail that Kurt Cobain oh. lets out is one of the most haunting things yeah. you'll ever see in You're rock right. and roll history. And, of course, like, I, I did a lot of reading as well that there was, of course, the rumors. Was about, that Courtney messing around? Well, yeah, on, I mean, or? there was the rumors that Courtney Love was hooking up with the, the lead singer of the Lemonheads and, and hooking up with Billy Corgan. Evan Dando? You know I what I mean? Yeah, man. And uh, so, you know, this, this was really Kurt like bearing his soul for yeah. a moment I mean and I watched that and I don't know if you ever noticed this before and if you get a chance to look it up and watch it again when he does that wail he, he pauses for a minute he has his eyes closed he pauses for a minute he opens his eyes those stark blue eyes and takes a breath and then sings that last line and you're just like whoa Damn. you're like whoa my number one is Great White Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You, 1990, and I still think uh, that is one of the best performances. But listen to this list that we've all been giving each other. I mean, there's, uh, the, you know, what Mike Todd threw out. I mean, some incredible moments on MTV Unplugged, man. Well, and you know, how, how lucky, from a generational point of view, to have that show, because look at the crap that MTV puts on TV now. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's and, a whole other, that's a whole other garage you're, days. You're talking about a popular, a very popular channel putting on artists stripped down and bare that are super uber talented showing off their talent because man it's just like you just don't get stuff like that anymore on tv on a station that is popular i mean how amazing was unplugged it was it was way amazing and uh i think it's uh, it's an era that it's just it's lost now they tried to duplicate it i think a few years back and it's just and they you, are supposedly bringing it back yeah good again. luck with with who you better bring some of these old bands back 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who's going to do unplug now? Yeah. Are you going to, I mean, how, how the hell? There's no autotune. You got to unplug. Well, that's the thing they talk about. You know, when you strip everything away and you're bare, I mean, you got nothing to hide behind. So that really showed a lot of the, like, that's what I think makes the, like the Allison Chains one so prolific. Here's this band that was really heavy, had a lot of distortion, but you stripped all that away and they still showed that, damn, underneath all that, they are one hell of a talented band. Good stuff, Mike Dorsey. You did. You're like, I'm bringing it, Arch, and I'll be <laughs> damned if you didn't bring it, man. So let's enjoy Picktown Palooza. We've got uh, Firehouse tonight. We've got Jack Russell's Great White. Thanks again, Mike Todd. I appreciate you, man. Absolutely. Anytime, my friend. He's uh, a big part of, uh, of Pickerington, man, so uh, appreciate you. I can't wait to see you in the, in the barn. It's going to be so much fun. Very soon, very soon. There is no way we can end this portion of Garage Days without talking to the hardest working woman in show business, <laughs> Christy Kemper. And Christy, what's going to be weird, this is going to air after you and Jimmy are in the hawk's nest with me. But let's kind of talk about Picktown Palooza and, and what you're seeing. And, and it, this is kind of, you, you, number one, you can people watch. Number two, you can enjoy some great tunage. There is no doubt. Uh, so Jimmy, uh, previous bands, uh, he played when it was the Violet Festival before it turned right. into Picktown Palooza. And all of the people from Picktown, you know, they are incredible. So this is the first year in four years that the guys haven't been able to play. There was a scheduling conflict, but we said we still want to give back. So 7.45 this morning, Mater, you know Mater. Uh, Mater and, and Miss Vicky come to our house at 6 o'clock this morning. Salt let's of the go, earth. Let's go get some breakfast. Well, we had to go to four different places before we found anything that was open. We ended up going to the TJ's on Springtown Road. <laughs> Did you get a barnyard buster? <laughs> well, almost. Uh, we get in there. There's a reason I haven't been to the TJ's on Springtown Road in about eight years after a band gig where everyone was drunk and got Jimmy a barnyard buster and he had no idea what he was eating. <laughs> but they've got the plexiglass in the booths. Right. So uh. Miss Vicky is sitting across from me and I look at the plexiglass. Somebody had let their kid put their hands in syrup and, <laughs> and just put handprints up. Huh? Handprints on the, <laughs> on the plexiglass. So I'm looking at these these oily, greasy, syrupy handprints. Kind of lost the mood, didn't yeah, you? But, but, so we finished that, and we got here about 7.30, Kind of lost the mood. Uh. So we get here about 7.30, and we said, we want to help out. So we were helping with the back line Aww. with uh, Firehouse and uh, Jack Russell's great wife. And Jimmy's in his element. Yeah. Okay. He's surrounded by gear. He gets up there. He's helping putting the drum kits together and everything else. And all I hear afterwards is, you know what? If this whole radio thing doesn't work out for you and my doll business goes by the wayside, I think we need to start our own backline business. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's great. There you <laughs> go. That would. Do, oh my goodness. I can. Uh, there's. There's got to be some backline jokes there. We'll have to figure as far as the name of your guys' company. We had company. a great time this morning hanging with uh, Jack Russell. wasn't here yet, but, you know, all the other band members oh, were. Yeah. Uh, but it was, you know, the rain was off and on. Now it's absolutely gorgeous. Are you kidding? We couldn't it's ask perfect. for better weather. It's, it's perfect. perfect. And, and let's say this, and I think this is a great way to, to close the segment here from Picktown Palooza. Chris Stein, his staff, the way they appreciate and what they do for the for the city of Pickerington and here in central Ohio as far as hooking up rock fans on Saturday nights, they take care of everybody. There's something for you on a Thursday. There's something for you on a Friday. But this Saturday night is so special, and it's come to be one of my favorite parts of the summer, and they're just a great group of people that he has around him. And they are amazing. And, you know, this has been, you know, Chris Stein's baby for so many years, and the way that it has evolved, uh, it it's amazing to us that we're a part of that. We, we call them our Picktown peeps for yeah, a reason, yeah, yeah. and they are. 
And of course, Jimmy and I live in Grove City, but they're like, you need to move to Pickerington. You just come to, well, I know. Come Dorsey, on over. I know. Come on over. <laughs> come on over. We love them to death. They are good to us. The relationship we have, of course, with QFM, um, it's, it's a relationship that has been fostered over the years, and they're wonderful people, and I'm just honored to be a part of it. Yeah, I mean, like Brian and AC and Maribeth, I mean, they're just, the, the list goes on and on and on. They're just, every one of them. And look, we were just, we were talking here, hey, do you guys need some water? Do you need something? They're just, they're constantly just. And by the way, they always have a golf cart ready. So, when <laughs> Dorsey showed up earlier this morning, and he comes in, and he's on the back of the golf cart. I'm like, do the, do the queen wave, yeah. do the parade wave. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, here's the other thing, too, and I, I did a post on the QFM Facebook page today talking about, look, you know, they're one of the organizations that bring these great rock acts to town. Yeah. And it's like, people, you got to show your appreciation for that because not everyone does that. We know what it's like to go through a dry spell of not getting great rock and roll acts here. So Ain't when we have somebody that's willing to do it and willing to put the work in and bring someone here for our entertainment, and all we got to show up. All we of them with Picktown, they are huge, of course, huge QFM 96 fans. And they're huge rock fans. I know. I know. And once this Picktown Palooza gets over with, they're already planning for the next year. I love it. I love it. And and everyone's in their ear like, you need to get this. You need to get... We already have, you know, who we got in mind, who we'd like to get. We'll see. Hey, real quick before we close, Arch, Christy, what's your number one MTV Unplugged moment? Do you have a favorite, Christy, just thinking right MTV now? MTV Unplugged... Well, the one that... I mean, honestly, I'm going to say Nirvana. Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. I remember that. that. I remember him lines, sitting yeah. there and he's got... That, I mean, to me, that was the pinnacle when you talk about an MTV. That's what what Dorsey said. That's what set the standard for what, when you say it, I'm sorry, the only thing that comes to mind is Nirvana. Christy Kemper, I love you. Hey, I love you too. (laughs) Okay, dude, vacation. Enjoy it with your family. I know. Oh, the boys, so full disclosure, and I'll be back by the time you guys hear this, but uh, we're leaving at 2 a.m., so the boys, I got 14-year-old twin boys, and they're like, Dad, we're just going to stay up all night so we can sleep all the way. Okay, yeah. Like, yeah, whatever, dudes. <laughs> just give me Are a break. Are they old enough to help the driving duties or not? Not no, yet. They're not two more years. Yet. Okay, two, two more, more years. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine that? Tommy and Ness driving you <laughs> no, in Florida? No, 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 no. Oh, it's, I'm sorry, listeners. If you you could see the look on Archie's face right now going, <laughs> no, absolutely no. Christy, let's have some fun here at Picktown Palooza. Amen. Cheers, Do- my brothers. Cheers. Dorsey, thank you so much, man. It was awesome. Great stuff that you brought to the table. Love you guys. Love you too, Chris. Thank you, Arch. Thanks, Doris. Thanks, Christy. All right, gang. Now it's time for the review. And as I told you, Dorsey's going to help me out with this. So, Picktown Palooza, Saturday, July 17th. They just heard us at the beer tent, Dorsey. So, now let's let's talk about some of these bands. Let's start with Grand Designs. That's the Rush tribute band. If I can say one thing, and that is... Uh, from the amount of air drumming and the pictures that I saw of AC Alan Carpenter, I would imagine that uh, he he's the uh, he's the barometer when it comes to Rush and Rush tribute bands. Wouldn't you think? Sure, I I, w- I would go with AC's opinion. <laughs> uh, I mean, but here's the thing: when they were on stage playing, I talked to several people and we said, "Hey, look, man." Trying to be a Rush tribute band, Woo. that's a tall drink. Woo. That's a tall drink, man. <laughs> that's a pounder is yeah. what that is. Yeah, that's yeah. a Bushlight pounder. For sure. Uh, Rumspringa, those are our guys, uh, really close to QFM 96. Of course, they've been 
uh, in the uh, QFM 96 house band competition. Uh, didn't win it, but still really kind of uh, springboarded their their career here in town and have become kind of a, a favorite around here. Well, what's kind of crazy is, uh, believe it or not, their participation in our house band competition was their second show ever as a band. Isn't that something? And they just came out, and I think they're just a lot of fun. They're really high energy, and uh, you know they play all those 80s hits that we all love, and they come out and... Not only do they play them, but they live them. You know, they do right. all the like during uh, they played Panama, right? They're doing all the dances, they're doing all the the coordinated <laughs> back and forth. You know, right? All everything you want to see from someone while they're playing a Van Halen song. So, and I'll go ahead and admit this. So, at the South of Eden show, and I hadn't seen Rumspringa since the the night at Picktown Palooza, which I thought they were awesome, super entertaining. Love those guys. So I'm in the bathroom at South of Eden. And I see the singer in there. And uh, I was like, hey, man, great set. He goes, we haven't played yet. And I go, ah, oh, I was kind of drunk. I was like, no, man, no. And it just, I'm it talk, was, no, no, man, great set at Picktown Palooza. Palooza I said, great set at Picktown Palooza. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, Arch, whatever. And then I was, I was like, damn it. No, Matt's so, great. All those guys are great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. But yeah, man, it's kind of cool to watch the growth. I mean, you're talking about that was their second show. Uh, at that house band competition, but they've built themselves a nice little following around town. It's just fun to to watch bands like that grow. Cream Camino. Now, see, I I I don't really know much about them. Okay. Uh, the only precursor I had to coming and seeing them at Picktown Palooza is I know they had some involvement at Craft and Vinyl with the guy who runs that place over there. Oh, Troy. Troy, yeah, Troy right over on. there. And then uh, I had seen a video that they had posted to pre-promote their performance at Picktown Palooza of doing a cover of uh, Ozzy's Mama, I'm Coming Home. And it was an interesting take on it. It was, uh, you know, you get so used to hearing the real version, the original version, and that's kind of what you expect when you hear that song. So to see someone be able to take it, and they didn't dramatically change it up. Right. They just changed it a little bit to make it kind of fit their style and their flow, and it was kind of a cool take on it. Yeah, and at Picktown Palooza, that was the first time I had ever heard them and I, I thought they sounded good. I mean, they're they they sound like a good young rock band. So we'll, well you see can tell that, that you that you can tell they're a tight band too. Yes, very much so. Firehouse, I you know, and I I love Firehouse, so I, I enjoyed that show. And it's I'll say this as far as Firehouse, Bill Leverty, and I say this after every time I see Firehouse, their guitar player. He is just, he's one of the more underappreciated guys from the era. And I'm just, a, I'm a big fan of his. I think he's got a great sound. Now, Dorsey, let me let me say this as far as, as Firehouse. Now, there was a show, and I don't know if it was, it was about seven or ten days before uh, Picktown Palooza, where CJ Snare, the lead singer, said he was having stomach problems and he wasn't going to be able to play a show. Said, hey, look, I'll see everybody in Ohio, okay? Now, at the time of this recording, I'm reading this morning that CJ Snare is out again, and he's going to have to have abdominal surgery. Oh, wow. So uh, th- that sucks, and, and hope, we're hoping for a speedy recovery. But for Ohio, and especially Columbus, or Central Ohio, I should say, uh, rock fans, uh, that might have been, we were pretty lucky, because that was you got to see CJ Snare and uh, Bill Leverty together. Because uh, CJ has kind of had some issues beforehand and now afterhand, you couldn't tell that night. I thought he sounded amazing, but we kind of we kind of got lucky there as far as uh, seeing the band Firehouse and then Jack Russell's Great Wipe. This is why I brought you indoors because I had to take off for Florida and and we left at two a.m. 
And so I got up and about once I hustled home, tried to take a little like a couple hour nap before I, I made this this trek down to Florida. And I, I get up at 1.30 and I just see my phone just all blown up. It was you and Tom Bunyard and all these, all of our friends were just like, oh my God, he played this. Oh my God, he sounds amazing. Oh my God, this. So your thoughts on Jack Russell's Great White Doors? Because that's the first time you, you've seen the that's band, That's the first right? time I've seen them. And, uh, you know, I thought the band sounded amazing and uh, I thought Jack just sounded phenomenal. I mean, he sounded just like everything <laughs> on know. record. You I know. know what I mean? And uh, I... I I'm, I, I can't I can't sit here and lie. I've made a few jokes about yes. Jack and his mobility, which is pretty wrong of me, I guess. Yeah, it is very wrong. But for whatever me, he yes. lacked, forever for whatever he lacked in mobility, he definitely made up for with vocal ability. I mean, he just crushed everything, crushed everything. And and that's what I tell people. It's like when you see him, you're like, oh no. I mean, he he seems kind of frail. Now I'm telling you, in the last four, five, six years, and I've seen them a handful of times in in that time span, he's in better shape now. Than he was uh, a few years back, believe it or not. But when he gets up on that microphone, dude, it totally just changes w- your perception of what is going to take place. Because when you see him, you're like, oh man, this is going to be rough. And his voice is still as beautiful as it ever was, man. We'll see. And, and you know, I, I can say this on this show because this is. This is Garage Days. But yes, we're underproduced okay? and we're, we're over the top. You got, you're about to be over the, the top? I'm about to be over the top. Oh, but my good, goodness. I, I just want to throw it out there. The poll question I asked okay. everybody all night. In the beer at, tent. In the beer tent at Picktown Palooza <laughs> was who would win in a foot race between Mick Mars or Jack Russell. That was it. So there was my poking fun uh, of the mobility. But, but I still no, don't but know. You know as but, cruel as that is, I still don't know who I'm going to take that. But go but, ahead. But still, though, so, but even looking at both of those guys, Mick Mars and Jack Russell, again, whatever they lack in mobility, Bad God, ass. they make up in their musical ability. Because Mick Mars is still no slouch. I mean, he slouches, but he's still no, no slouch. slouch. Yes, when and then, it comes and then to his Jack yeah, is amazing as well. Uh, one particular song that I want to ask you about, because this was a reoccurring theme in these late night texts that I that I was receiving. I can't quite remember what song it was, but they were starting off with, with a great white song. And then it was kind of about maybe halfway through it, 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 it developed into Achilles' Last Stand by Led Zeppelin. And that's one of my all-time favorite Zeppelin songs. You and I have talked about it before, because uh, if you want to go back and you're someone who wants to get a little into music and music influence... That song is very influential of even the Metallica sound, the drums and just just the epic landscape of it. And you can even trace it all the way up to modern day Greta Van Fleet stuff. Yeah. And uh, to hear again, we know that Jack is capable of just slaying Led Zeppelin vocals, (laughs) as we saw by the Babe, I'm going to leave you performance. Uh, And again, he he did it on that as well. And it was so awesome to see it. And it was so unexpected on my part. You know, I'm saying I'm there to see great white. Bam, now I'm getting hit with one of my favorite Zeppelin right. songs. It was awesome. Good stuff, man. And now we wait for next year. Pick Town Palooza. And that Saturday night, they never, ever disappoint. So fingers crossed. You know they're going to come up big for us. And I will, I promise you this, not schedule a vacation. Uh, that just, it was one of those deals that just, it, it happened. Because the place we went to, Dorsey, not to get on a, on a rant here, but we couldn't get in. And that was the only available weekend to get in. So I blame the virus, Dorsey. I blame the virus. So thanks, brother. Appreciate your help. Appreciate what you did there on as far as uh, at the beer tent there and doing our Gimme Five, which was the top five uh, MTV Unplugged performances. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun.
There you have it, the Picktown Palooza recap. Extra special thanks to Dorsey for all his help. And as we close out August, some really cool episodes on the horizon. August 20th, uh, one of the best young voices in rock is going to be in the Hawk's Nest. Ehop from South of Eden, I wouldn't kid you. Yeah, last weekend was their show at the King of Clubs. Just an incredible night. Uh, really looking forward to having him stop by the garage. Then August 27th, Dave Mann returns to the garage, and we're going to drink the new Iron Maiden beer, Hellcat, and I'm going to have him tell us about his 102-mile bike ride last week during Pelotonia. I'm telling you, the dude is a machine. Until the next episode, stay frosty. I'll have to check that out.